Hey everyone, we are back for another wow episode of Let's Talk Law Enforcement. And I want to welcome again my brand new co-host who's adding apparently she's uh poised to take over the show from all the texts and oh, comments. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you know, I'm good with it. I'm not hating, man. I'm uh -huh. I'm I'm happy for your success, this. <laughs> but no, this is all you, Kenny. Hey, listen. But I'm happy to be here. No, nah, you know, I'm glad to have you because you have added some extra spice to this thing and some really good insight. And I'm happy to have you on board. And that's why I send you, you know, I send you those messages or comments and things because I want you to know, like, people are really listening um, to what we're doing. And I'm I'm pretty proud of that because you know law enforcement really never had a platform right right to to say anything outside of what the department wanted us to say or what they wanted to put out. And again, you know, we're doing it, and it's kind of cool because even though I have my limitations of what uh -huh. I can say, you don't. <laughs> that's what i was gonna say it's kind of like a perfect match because you know we have things you can't say okay just give it to me i'll go ahead and say it <laughs> exactly and i love it so that gives us some balance and that's what we need nowadays so i'm gonna throw this out there real quick um there's another sponsor that hit me up or wannabe sponsor and i've, I've gotten four so far and i'm really happy about that that's well, awesome five but everybody wants to remain behind the scenes and I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? I have no problem with that. Cause they're like, Hey, do your thing. And we support it this way. And I'm like, cool. I have no problem with that. But if anybody listening, I'm going to do my shameless plug. If you want an ad put out there on this podcast, or on this show, just hit one of us up and we'll be glad to do it. So I'm going to get into this episode. Cause like, the stuff I've been hearing and researching is crazy. I never really, I mean, I, you know, of course I heard about it and I was like, damn, I'm like, them dudes went hard. And then when the HBO special came out, I was like, damn, they really went hard. And then when I, when I talked to you, it was like, damn, like what in the hell happened? So I'm going to just <laughs> throw this out there and go, you know, in departments, everything is stat driven and they won't tell the public this. Right. Because stats mean I can get either get reelected or I can keep my job. Right. So when I throw stats to the city council or the mayor, whatever, she can throw them to the citizens and they go, OK, the officers are doing this, this, this. And you know that. And it's mm -hmm. not all about that. So I'm going to go ahead and guess one of the reasons they ran on check was the fact that they were bringing in so many guns and, and, and other things. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. Um, I remember and, and to go back to like, it's, it's amazing. And just want to touch on this for a second. The things that we've been talking about, the topics that we've talked about recently. It's not to toot my own horn, but when I sat back and I thought about it, I said, you know, I've been involved in some pretty high profile situations. Mm -hmm. Um within a department in my 26 years. And I think 
Well, I know most of that is because I spent so much time at internal affairs. So being there, you know, I'm going to see the worst of the worst. All the corruption cases come through, you know, from from the worst things you can possibly think of to the most menial complaints. So it's just I'm not going to say it's ironic, but it's kind of a a wonderful thing that you've selected me to be a co-host. And I'm able to give you real insight on um, you know, these things that's been happening that's made the, the I guess we call them red balls. So right. the things that's the high profile cases that's been in the news in the last few years. And I don't want the listeners to say, oh, this girl knows everything. I really don't. But it was just, I guess it's just the way it was meant to be. And this is the way it happened that, you know, with the Freddie Gray case, I was on the task force for that. And then even and as we talk about this situation, I'll tell, we'll get into what, um, you know, what my knowledge is of the GCTF situation and um, some of the officers involved. So, and then even in toward the end, we'll talk about, well, we'll lead into the next episode, but just the knowledge that I've had and the experience that I'm able to bring, it amazes me. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm able to do this with you. So yeah, let's get into it. Okay. What do you okay. want to know? Let's okay. Talk. So, so here we go. How the hell did they go unchecked for so long? <sighs> Let's see. So just like you said, everybody's stat driven and guns in Baltimore, the gun violence was a I mean that that's always been hot topic. Right. right. I don't know if you were still around, Kenny, when we had the lowest numbers we had, we had murders under two hundred. Um, when we got the award, were you around back was then? Was that was that O'Malley? Well, that, that was, was, that O'Malley, it was, it was O'Malley and it was under Commissioner BFL and um, Barksdale. Okay. It was Barksdale. the BFL Barksdale um, duo. Okay. So okay. I don't know if you were still there, but anyway, that was the first time in my 26 years that I've been there that we've ever had the homicide rate under 200 in Baltimore City crazy right no right so when we look back on why that was it was because those guys were out there doing i mean well we said they were doing their jobs but you know they were getting guns off the streets and of course we had a consent decree because of a lot of rights being violated that could be another another whole topic Topic. (laughs) but they did what they had to do in essence you know the citizens needed relief and baltimore was in crisis and these guys went out there and people were afraid to tote guns the guys were afraid to stand on the corners they did not challenge the police and you know do the things that they're doing now i call it willy-nilly just doing whatever they want i mean and and we talked about freddie gray last week and ever since then it's almost like Everybody talked about the blue flu and police shutting down. And because of, you know, those officers being charged, they stopped working and crime just went crazy under uh, Marilyn Mosby's watch. So while these guys were out there getting guns, as long as the crime stats were down, who was going to say anything? So, yeah, we we look at this and, yeah, we, we got Wayne Jenkins and then his squad. But there were people above Wayne Jenkins who allowed this to happen. Right, right. And I say it goes all the way up to the commissioner. Yeah, because you look at those numbers coming in, and you know this, right? You have them gun stat meetings um, every day, or every week, depending on what department, you know, where 
Comstat. We don't know about Comstat. Hey, hey, you know where they sit and they chew every commander out in the district. Yep. What are you doing? And you only got eight guns, or you should have got eight hundred, and you need to do better. Skin the shit out of all the, you know, all the commanders and all. And they sit back, and it's like, what can I do to get this so I won't get embarrassed the next time I come down mm -hmm. here by whatever, right? Because our, our our commissioner did it too, our police chief did it too for mm -hmm. years. Had people had people terrified. To come to those meetings, I think they were like every Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, same thing right? in Baltimore City. Yeah, it's stressful <laughs> so, you know, right? because that they had to figure out a way to lower crime, and you could not go in there with a big zero and go, "Well, um, nothing happened in my district. We didn't do anything, or nothing you happened." Better not. And you better not say you don't know. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You come out there with a lesser rank than you went in with. So exactly. What people need to understand, too, is I, I would never justify the things that they did, but there is cause and effect to mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. And in Baltimore, you are looking at it because you're looking at, what, well over 300 murders again, probably this year. You know, I'm going to put it out there, but you are right. Yeah, I just it is every year. Right? And it's the same thing that's happening or happened in Washington, D.C., because we had 2011, I want to say it was 11 or not. We had a murder rate of 92. Mm. 92, right? Oh. That would get you elected president. Heck yeah. Basically, 92. And that's when we had old Chief Lanier and, you know, she went on about her business, got paid, and she left. But the thing was, after that, everybody kind of did the same thing and sat back and was, well, we're going to be user-friendly. And with that being said, crime just skyrocketed. So now, again, you up to, I don't know how many homicides DC up to, but we're going over 200 and some. Again, you wouldn't, that's unheard of. You may have had 140, 130 homicides in DC when I was working down there. And, and that was considered high. Now the young is out there doing whatever. They took the gun recovery uh, unit, kind of the equivalent of, what the GTTR or was that GTTR GTTF. was? GTTF. Okay, they took that away from DC and they put them guys in uniform. And again, they took that element of the police not coming because if they come, they got to come in uniform mm -hmm. and they're not going to jump out on us because they know better because all we got to do is pull out a camera and holler brutality. So mm -hmm. now that's what you got to ask the citizen. What do you what do you want? How do you, do you balance want? that? Right. How do you right. balance that? Do you want the homicides? And I'm not saying police brutality, but sometimes you gotta say, I got I gotta take these gloves off to get this work done. And the citizens get caught in the middle because they don't know what to do. That's the gray area. Because we we of course we dealt with the same thing here. It's like, okay, the citizens want they want the guys off the corner. They want the drug dealing to stop in front of their in front of their houses. They want the petty crimes that lead to the bigger crimes to be dealt with. But in order to do that and to actually um, not violate people's rights, it's, 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 it's a tough thing to do. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of like, yeah, do, you, do yeah. you want these guys off the corner? Because technically <laughs> right. they have a right, and people don't even know this, really, they have a right to stand there. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. If we yeah. don't see them committing a crime, we can't just tell somebody to get off the corner. Yeah. And, yep. and citizens don't really know our limitations. 
and yep. you know they want what they want but they don't understand what it takes to get it right and, and yep. that that's the problem so now we're under consent decree so a lot of that has stopped and they disbanded of course gttf they're all in jail and a lot of the plain clothes units, they also did the same, they did the same thing in Baltimore that they did in DC, from what I'm hearing you say. Um, they put a lot of our plain clothes units back in uniform as well. Yeah. And said go go fetch and go up to the corners and uh, and they're right, like, yeah, right. Whatever. Right. Right. Whatever. Nobody, nobody's I mean, I'm not that they should be scared of them, but you know, those plain clothes units, they have they have an advantage, you right. know. And they can investigate. They they can take the time to scope out who's dealing, right. who's doing what. Whereas, come on, the uniform and the, the marked patrol car, not happening. You know, they're not catching anything. You right. know, you know how I go five o. Oh. Right, exactly. Before you even get halfway <laughs> down the block, right? Right. So that's the part I'm getting into. Where I would never justify the um, the actions of these guys, but I, I do. I, I don't know their motives, but I do see where the top probably turned a blind eye to something mm -hmm. with the overtime and everything else because they're like hey how many guns they get this weekend right they get last weekend? yeah so let them do what they do and you know whatever whatever but so you you were at the academy you trained a couple of these guys i knew you were gonna bring that up <laughs> got to got to you so you I have did. are responsible for this mess <laughs> And you guys have to excuse me tonight. My voice is a little scratchy. I think I'm coming down with something. Plus, it's St. Patrick's Day, and I was out a little been early. Drinking, <laughs> been drinking, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so I did. I taught. Um, so I was an instructor at the academy from 2003 to 2008. So in that five years, um, was it Gondo and Ram? Both came through the academy, and Ram he seemed pretty squared away. So, but Gondo. I don't know what it was about that guy. Like, even as a trainee, and for the listeners, trainees are like, what do we call them? Like, like the bottom of the barrel. I mean, we, right. we treat them like, it's like a hazing. I don't know. Like, when you first join, um, I guess, a fraternity or whatever, we, we got to, you know, we, we give them, we, we got to break them down to build them up. Yeah. So, a lot of trainees come in humble, you know. But this this guy, that guy, Gondo, I kid you not, he would walk past me in the hallways and I mean, he would have to show respect, so he had to stay into the side. But right. um, it was something about him; it, it never sat right with me. His energy was off. It, I, I just knew he was going to be an issue. I don't know how I knew, but I just knew. And then I can't remember exactly when, but he had a situation off duty. Remember, he got shot off duty. <laughs> and when you said it, now I remember. He, now I don't I remember. know. If it, yeah. So it's like, and everybody said, yeah. like, "Oh, he got robbed. It was a temp robbery." In the back of my mind, I said, mm, <laughs> I don't know about that. But of course, that was just my my own little thing. Right. And then once all this stuff came out and um, I read the, the um, I don't know what you call it, deposition. And it talked about how this guy, Gondo, had dealings with the drug dealers in the area. I'm like, aha. Mm. Now that makes sense. Mm. So I got, I got yeah. Uh-huh. That wasn't a robbery. That wasn't a temp robbery. But anyway. <laughs> so yeah, those two. Um, I was surprised at Ram because I thought he was squared away. But Gondo, I was not surprised at all. And do not blame me because uh yeah, I I wasn't their class advisor. You know what that means. Um yep. I was not a direct uh advisor for them at all. 
I taught them domestic violence. That's it. Okay. Well, yeah, they basically did not make the cut at the end, but given that, they were thrust out in that arena pretty quickly, right? I mean, going into a task force? With I think that? so. Pretty early yeah. in their careers. Yeah. Yeah, because usually you had to earn that. You had to earn that to get in, you know, to get into those units and not three and four years. Well, you, you know, know the department's changed. Well, you know, Kenny, the department's changed. So they want these yeah. new cats out there because they can tell these guys what to do and they're not going to challenge these commanders. Yeah. You know, people with some season, they're going to be like, hold up. No, 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 I'm not doing that. You know, but these young guys, they <laughs> right. want to go in plain clothes. It's, it's cool, you know, to right. put the tactical vest on right. and walk around. You know, so that's what they, they want those young guys. And, mm -hmm, you know, and what was it about? Uh... Man, I lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just saying, they, they, what you just hit on was exactly right when I think about it, because as you go older, get older in your career, you don't even want to be bothered with that stuff. No. You don't want to be bothered with that stuff because you're like, okay, it's cool. I did it. I got out of it. I did this. And you see how it chews you up. <laughs> you like, uh -huh. nah, I'm good. I stay in patrol where I can kind of do what I want to do when I want to do it in between these calls and go home, you know, most of the time at a reasonable time. All you had to worry about was shootings, stabbings, and whatever, but you kind of could deal with that. So, yeah, I get it when you said that. So, yeah, and I, honestly, I think, and I hate to say it, and it's, it's my opinion, so nobody hold me to this. It's, it's only my opinion, but I feel like Gondo came in with the ulterior motive. If he was so heavily involved in the drug game before he became an officer, it's almost like these guys infiltrate. They come into the department with that goal in mind. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you know, that. To continue their criminal activity within the department to assist their counterparts, their cohorts that are in the, the, the drug game or the, you know, and the, the criminal element. So they're in, they're like, they're like the inside man. So I right. feel like Gondo came in as an inside man. That's just my personal opinion. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. So how did they, I, I knew how they wound up getting caught. It was like another agency that found a um, a tracking device on one of their targets, right? Something like they that. They were investigating one of, a, a dealer. The dealer mentioned Gondo, but by nickname. And that's how it all started. They started investigating Gondo. Once they started investigating him, it oh, opened wow. then all the other stuff started to unfold wow a so dealer. that's really how it, yeah they were they were they were i guess it was a federal investigation going on for one of the dealers that gondo knew and they mentioned that they were dealing with this cop Ooh. i think they call him g money g money and wow. they figured out g money was gondo Wow. And, uh, and then you, so you know how that goes. Once you start going down that <laughs> rabbit hole, <laughs> you start over. turning over those rocks. It's like, oh, right. what yeah. do we have here? Wow. So did they ever contact you guys first on that stuff? Or you, you again, you <laughs> found out after y'all, like, initial contact, you know what I mean, with, like, so the, the gun and I stuff? Was, yeah, I was never involved. I know what you're talking about, too. Uh, you just keep throwing me under the bus. Gotta, gotta, but, bring, uh, it up, gotta bring it up, folks. Gotta bring it up. So we were, at the time when that all happened, I was still in the force investigation team. And we talked about that last week. I was the unit that investigated the Freddie Gray um, case. And we did police involved shootings and in custody death and serious um, injuries. So I wasn't dealing with the GTTF investigation 
per se. The way I became involved with them and my first encounter with the GTTF members was they had a situation where they were pursuing a suspect. The suspect was injured during the pursuit. So that's how we got the case because that's what we investigated. So we get out to the scene in Northeast Baltimore and suspects out there, um, they took him, I think, I believe he went to the hospital. So we arrived on the scene, my partner and I, and I remember hearing them say, he had a gun, he had a gun. And I'm like, okay, well, hopefully they find that gun because like I said, if any, I wanted to be able to clear these, if these officers were right, even though this citizen, got, even though the suspect was hurt, but if it was a justified, if it was justified, then fine, I'll investigate it and we'll be clear. So I'm, I'm like, I hope they find this gun, you know? So we're all standing out there and I'm like, I'm, I'm helping look for the dang on gun. <laughs> and I'm and, and, you know, so I'm standing out and I don't remember I don't even remember um I think it was Gladstone. I don't remember him even coming to the scene. I didn't see it, but I remember hearing, we found it. And I'm like, hallelujah. You right. know, now I don't that, that makes this so much easier for me as an right, investigator right. that this guy had a gun and they did their jobs because this this suspect was armed and he was dangerous. So I'm like, yes. So he's, he's close. <laughs> so let's fast forward. It's so much. It's so much to talk about in between here. But since you brought it up, let's fast forward to when the books came out. There was two books. I don't know if you read them, but I read both. Okay, I'm lying. I listened to the audiobook. But anyway, I got a monster, and we own the city. Right. Right. That's the so, HBO special, right? Well, we yeah, own the so. city. Yeah, but it was a book first. It was a book first. Yeah, that's right. Right. So I, I, I listened to both. And when I was listening to I Got a Monster, they mentioned this particular scene that I was on. And I'm, and I'm listening like, oh, my God, <laughs> I was there. And it talked about how that was the point where Gladstone bought him the, the I guess, the burner gun. Right. And planted the gun at the scene. And I'm sitting there like, I got played. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm listening like, I had to rewind it like, oh my God, did I just hear what I think I heard? Right, right. <laughs> so I called my old partner. I'm like, hey man, have you heard this? Uh, we got a monster. And he was like, yeah, I heard about it. I said, dude, we were up there. <laughs> so hoping to look for this dang on gun. <laughs> so... So to hear later on, this gun was a plant, man. It was just one of those things where, you know, and I, I actually cleared the case, you know? I, Ooh, yeah. I, yeah, man, I'm not sustained and made it, made it a good, you know, I don't want to say good, but, you know, it didn't, if there was a gun involved, what they did didn't necessarily go above, beyond what they were allowed to do according to policy. Wow. So I made it, I made, yeah, I, I made it justified and within policy because of the gun. Right. right. And I come to find out that doggone gun was a plant. Man, man. Yeah. So, did everybody call you besides that and like, hey, were you up on this scene? Was that you? Did anybody? I don't else think anybody remembered. It was just, it was a situation where it, it, other than that book coming out and mentioning that particular incident, I would have never thought anything of it. Man, okay. And the only people that knew were me and my partner because we were up there. I mean, of course, everybody that was in my squad and in my unit, but you know, I mean. I'm 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 speaking on this for the first time actually. So you're the first person I'm openly, you know, I'm publicly telling on myself that I got played like a dummy. You got played. It's okay. It happened. Okay. Hey, they they played the whole department. So I right. oh, they, did. they played the citizens of Baltimore. <laughs> Man, 
when mm-hmm. I heard they 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 were involved in the, in the uh, CV stealing the uh, drugs out of the CVS at North Avenue, I couldn't believe it. Wait, 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 hey, hey uh, hold on. Yeah. How how they get involved with with that? <sighs> Man, look, I heard about it when all the when the Freddie Gray stuff was going down. One of the influences on YouTube that I've been listening to is Dr. Umar Johnson. Yeah, yeah, no. mentioned it. He said those cops were dirty. They were stealing drugs out of the CVS. I kid you not. I stopped listening to him after that. <laughs> right, right. I got to be the most right. gullible. To- <laughs> so I, st- I was mad at Umar Johnson. I'm like, how dare he right, say that right. officers in the Baltimore City would steal drugs? Why? Why would they do Why? that? Right, it just didn't right. make any sense to me. Right, right. And then, like I said before, fast forward. It all comes out that yeah, they actually did steal the drugs out of the CVS. So, so wait a minute, what were they stealing? Like the prescription? Oh, they were stealing the pills, yeah, and selling them. Man, you gotta go back and watch that movie. You gotta go back and watch the HBO special again. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, there's always something you miss. Remember the bail bondsman guy? Yeah, then he did he he snitched. He snitched, right? Well, I mean, he, they caught him because he had evidence. They found evidence. Um, that was stolen out of one of the uh, somebody's house that I think Jenkins had given him the watch. So it, yeah, I mean yeah, but he ended up snitching. All, all of them ended up talking. Everybody did. Everybody right? ended up talking. So, so who, who wound up taking taking the the fall? I mean the big fall because there's well, still two of them in there, right? Doing like twenty five years or so. Yeah, Wayne Jenkins got the heaviest sentence. So out of all of them, he got twenty five years. So he's not going to be released until 2038 and then Herschel got 18 uh marcus taylor got 18 years you know how to do my research uh sergeant allers got 15 ram 12 gondo 10 which really surprised me because the whole thing started because of him wow and then hendrix got seven and ward so Ward is—is is he out? Yeah. So, so Ward is already out. Yeah. So Ward is already out. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Man. So that Ward this and Hendrix. Though, yeah. Ward and Hendrix are already released. Yep. You're yeah. Right. I thought. I thought. I yeah. Heard that. So this scandal put a, I mean, I would say a black eye on the department <laughs> because everybody assumed that every cop was dirty. Every cop was doing planting drugs. Every cop was doing whatever. And like I said, you know and I know, police aren't perfect at all. No. But I can say this and I believe this, the vast majority, especially the ones I work with and probably the ones you work with, there's a line that you didn't cross. And most cops, you know, most cops did that. And and you didn't want to jeopardize anybody's job, and you damn sure didn't want them to jeopardize yours. So, you know, but but I say this also too: our generation of police was way different than this generation of police now. Definitely, but to go back to your point about trust, I get that the citizens of Baltimore lost faith and trust in officers, but I'm gonna tell you, it shook me too, because thinking back to that scene. It's like when you hear when you when you are there to back somebody up, 
or whatever the case may be, when you're on the scene with other officers, those are like your brothers and sisters. Right. Exactly. Those are your family. So exactly. when they say they need help, when they say something, if they tell you that, that a suspect had a gun or right. he had the drugs on him, you believe them. Right. That's right. it's like, you know, we have each other's backs out there. So to be played in such a way and lied to, and I was right there. The trust yeah. is hard to trust your side partner. Because yeah. you just don't think you don't you don't you don't think that another officer could be that I don't want to say cruddy. Ruthless. Let's yeah. say ruthless. I mean, Let's it was it was it was kind of one of those things that blew me. It really shook me. Cause I'm like, you know what? You could be working side by side with somebody and never know what they really have going on. And True. even in that group, I ended up working with um, Detective Sue, um, uh, Cool. And I hope he doesn't mind me saying his name. He's a really good guy. But and Cool was mentioned in the, uh, the HBO series. He was the one that purchased the tracker and put it on the car. Cause the department, I don't know if the department didn't have any or whatever the case may be, but Clue mm-hmm. actually used his own money to purchase one. So that's how he ended up getting involved in this stuff. But he was, and they even said that Clue had nothing to do with it. They kept Clue out of it because he was such an honest guy. And it just goes to show that Clue worked every day with these guys. And didn't know. It didn't know. When they told him, hey dude, we need a tracker. He went out and used his own money to buy one. Cause he didn't think. That right. they were up to, you would never think that you, the people you work with every day could be, you know, that they were out there just being criminals. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? It, it bothers you. It does. Exactly. Yeah. To this day. And that was a while ago. And like I said, that HBO thing, like you can watch that 10 times and look at it different ways and go, wow. And yeah. then the feds, the feds come and lock you up and it's like, bruh, like. It's real. Yeah, and like the HBO yeah. series. I mean, it was it was cool. My opinion of it. I mean, of course, it sensationalized a little bit, yeah. especially Jenkins' character. Oh my gosh! Um, but it's it told the story, but of course, it was still you know embellished a little. But still, what was really going on in the department? How people were running scared. You had commanders quitting. People getting locked out of their offices, computers shut down, access cards shut off because you didn't know who you could trust. Trust, right. And it was right. almost like, oh my God, who's next? People were getting suspended <laughs> left and right, you know, and people you you like, well, how'd you get involved in it? Right. Well, I, was, right. I just happened to be at work that day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they suspended everybody. Right. Nobody right. was safe. Right. Everybody just, was a suspect. Right. And they just interviewing people left and right to see yep. how deep it goes. Yeah, <laughs> everybody yeah. took a fall to that. It was people that were suspended, and they didn't even know why they were suspended. Just wow. because they happened to be in the GTTF, but not a part of that particular squad. And they got suspended. And they were suspended too. Yeah. Damn. Damn. So well, yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was it was it was a stressful time in the department. It was a shameful time in the department. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you think? we can ever balance this gun thing out again, getting guns off the street, or you think we lost? I me, and Let me give yep. my opinion real quick. Okay, go ahead. I think we lost. And, and I don't want to say it where it's like, oh, I'm giving up as, as a as a sworn police officer out there. I, I don't I don't give up on things, and I'm going to do what I, what I got to do the right way out there, right? But my thing is, I just think it's so much has happened, and the bad guys have taken advantage of every little inch that we've given him when it comes mm-hmm. to stuff like this, 
where they're like, they're going to take advantage of it. Because you know, like I know, bad guys don't care anyway. They just like, man, I right. knew he was cruddy. I knew that he was this, that, that. And, and you're like, no, nah, man, not him, not her, whatever. And then now it's like, you just kind of look stupid. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like, all right, give me that gun, <laughs> bro. Give me the gun and come on, let's get this over with. You be out in an hour and let's make this easy for both of us. And I don't, and, and not to say it that way, but I want to make it simple. Just, hey, bro, you got a gun on you? Give me that gun and come on, let's go. You be out, seriously, you be out in an hour. Let, well, I, I want to go further than that. I don't know how it is in D.C. with gun convictions, but I mean, hopefully under this new state's attorney, um, who I've known for years. I remember Ivan Bates when he was a young, brand new attorney, uh, assistant state attorney in district court. But um, and now look at him. But I, I, I honestly, I hope, and I hope he's going to be a lot tougher. Well, I know he's going to be a lot tougher than Marilyn Mosby was. Yeah, yeah. But I hope he's. I hope he's. I hope he holds true to what he says that he's going to be tough on these uh you know these guys out here toting guns so when we do catch the bad guys with guns <laughs> um they will be prosecuted so that's what it's going to take there's no fear none so i think i think that's what you're referring to when you say that yeah. the bad guys don't care yeah. they i don't think they don't care there's no fear right they know Absolutely. that nothing's going to happen they know if, but if you knew you were you were facing a mandatory five-year sentence for possession of a yeah. deadly weapon or, or a firearm then you might think twice, right? But everybody's toting. Everybody. Everybody. And the juveniles. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to get off topic, but it's 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 a free for all right now. So until the gun laws, I mean, until the gun convictions, you know, start really happening, and these guys are held accountable, it's not going to get any better. But my hope is that, you know, if you're caught with a gun, you're going to go to jail and you're going to do some time. Um... But. We gotta, wishful, to the, we gotta get back to the. We gotta get back to the. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah hey. I need to hear it. I need to see it. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Like seriously, what commanders were involved with? Like, did their commander get like asked to? <sighs> Honestly, so many people were dismissed. I don't even know who was involved in what. There's some that is still there that I'm surprised. Some um, left, I guess. Before, I guess, thinking that if they went ahead and left, that uh, <laughs> right, right. you know, let right. me sneak out the door real quick and just go ahead and retire. Oh, Maybe God. they won't, you know. So I don't really know. I, I have I never kept track of what happened to everybody. So, um, but I do know a, a couple of them are still there, in other you know in other capacities. But they're still around, and others have been allowed to retire and of course um our old commissioner Jesusa, was he got kind of got caught in that thing they got him for the taxes but you know we know that a lot of that had to do with the gttf stuff so it's, it's a lot to it um can't really i shouldn't probably speak on it because stuff is still going down but mm, i don't know can't prove it but yeah, a lot of the top commanders, I don't believe a lot of them were held accountable like they should have been. Yeah, well, I mean, they gave up um, sacrifices, right? A lot of them mm -hmm. gave up sacrifices, I'm sure, lieutenants on down. Mm -hmm. Like, well, he knew. He clocked them in. <laughs> he did a timesheet or whatever. Right, because so, Wayne you know. Jenkins was just a sergeant. Allers was just a sergeant. Somebody has to sign their overtime slips.
somebody yeah. of a higher rank has a sign there. Right. That is absolutely true. Absolutely mm -hmm. true. So I'm a, I'm gonna throw this curveball at you, right? Because we we're gonna get this on the next ap episode. We kind of talked about that. So everyone remembers or may not remember, but and then correct me on these points. It was um Detective Suter. Got to. What was his first name? Was it Brian? I don't say Brian, right? Sean. Sean, right. Okay, so we're gonna go, we're gonna dive heavy into this on the next episode, but there was a detective that went out on a call. And you can fill in the blanks. And he, all we remember from DC was detective, homicide detective was shot and killed. Right. That's it. That, like, so that's all you guys got. That's that's all we got. Like, that uh -huh. is, and you know, my mind is like, I'm thinking a little further because I'm like, okay, where, where this happened? And mm -hmm. you don't have, because you know, if a homicide detective falls. Right everybody in this city going to give somebody up because you're like, you know, you shoot it, you shoot it, pull it, whatever. Absolutely. But you shoot a homicide detective, you done went, I ain't going to say a bit too far, but kind of you done crossed that serious line and they going to bring mm -hmm. all resources down on your ass. And they did. And they did and still did not find right. a suspect. Right. So, right. I, lo I love when we do cliffhangers, but that whole sh sh detective suitors, and we have to bring him up because he was part of the GTTF. A lot of people don't even, I don't know if they know that or not. Nope, nope. But he nope. was in that unit. They and don't. he was only moved to homicide because he wanted out of the unit and he was willing to cooperate. And you can't have him continue to work with those guys if you know he's making a complaint against them. So they moved him and they put him in cold case. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cold you case. Know. All the way upstairs so, in the back. Right. So I, I I say they they were hiding them out, you know, but um yeah, we definitely have to touch on a detective pseudo situation. And and I'll and I don't I'll leave people with this what I always say, because people always say, Well, you don't think somebody murdered him to keep him quiet? Okay, now let's think logically for a second. Almost every person involved in the GTTF investigation gave statements. Everybody talked at some point about something. They cooperated for lesser time, whatever it may be. Sean Suter was not the only person who gave who, who was cooperating. His role in the GTTF situation was so minimal. He didn't even spend that much time. He wasn't in the main part. He wasn't even a, you know, one of the guys in that main squad. Right. Um, yeah, he went on a couple of uh, raids with them and did some stuff, but you know, he wasn't a main character. He wasn't, you know, one of the one of the like the other guys, okay? Right. So why would they only target him and and murder him when you had so many other officers, detectives, other personnel who gave statements and cooperated with the federal investigation? Why would Sean Suter be the only one to be murdered, to be silenced when nobody else was silenced? That so is true. So I put that out there and we'll talk about it some more, but oh, I, want yeah. to, I want people to really think about that. So, cause everybody's so emotional, yeah. you know, and then the way the HBO series ended, cause that's all people know. They like, we talked about that with Freddie Gray. They only knew what the news media what revealed else? to them. They don't know what really happened. Yeah. So same thing here. You see, a, you see an HBO special. And again, I'm telling you, it, it was sensationalized and <laughs> you know, in the way it went off, it kind of left you thinking, you know, and everybody's like, no, they, that, after seeing that, I know for a fact they killed him. Right, really? right, exactly, exactly. Really? 
Exactly. So, you know, for a fact. So I'm going to put that out there for people to really think about. Why would they only murder him when so many other people cooperated? And there you go. There you go. And you know what? We're going we gonna to leave it on that. We're going to come <laughs> back on that one. And guys, like, seriously, trust me, she knows her stuff. And we will have a, I'm going to call it, I'm going to say a treasure trove full of, because it's the death of an officer, so I won't go that way. But right. we will have a wealth of evidence and things that we believe that may have occurred and things that, you know, speculation that people are putting out there. So we definitely want you to check out the next episode because we're going to dive deep into that. Because, again, this rabbit hole runs deep. Very deep. With this task force, it really does, and all. And we didn't even really occur. touch on. Yeah, we really didn't touch on. Uh, it's so much. Um, we would definitely need a couple of sessions <laughs> and a couple of episodes, really, to talk about how deep this thing really was and what these guys were really up to. Yeah, because we, yeah, we hit on that. Because I, yeah, we go, we go, we gonna hit back on that. Because I really want to know. Like, I want to know who signed them search warrants and. Yeah, you know how those things just materialize and why it took so long for somebody on the street to actually say something. Uh, you know, once well, they no. and, and 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 I know we I know we gotta wrap up soon, but people were complaining. They were. Um, but again, because if any if any of their names popped up on a complaint, it wasn't investigated. Right. Period. Right. Citizens were complaining. Remember, you had it. They actually killed, you know, during a car chase. There was a a gentleman that that lost his life. Yeah, that's so they knew that. And then I I also, um, they just triggered another memory. Um, One of my partners, when I was in the fit unit, they another car chase they had. um, We had to go out for that one. They were pursuing a suspect and actually got into an accident, another accident. So these guys were wreaking havoc. The department knew. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not that the citizens weren't saying anything. Everybody who had their money stolen, most most of those people, they they weren't all criminals. Wow. You know, so some of these people were hardworking citizens that were targeted and robbed oh, under the really? guise of a raid. Yes. Yes. So, you oh. know, they there were complaints. But again, what was more important? Right. Getting the guns off the street or entertaining this guy's complaint that these officers took, you know, 10 grand from him. Right. Hmm. Exactly. Them stats. Them stats. Them stats will get you, stats, ladies and stats, gentlemen. Stats. One way or another, they will get you. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit that topic. We're gonna hit that again. Um, the next episode, we're gonna go straight into that because those complaints. Are serious, so we're gonna start that one with the next episode. And, and we gotta continue with the we, the we have to ask: Was Sean Souter was it murder or was it homicide? There I mean, was go. it murder or was it suicide? There you go. And we're gonna hit that one. We're gonna hit that topic. And um, yeah, it should be it should be very interesting. So yeah, so stay tuned, folks. We will publish this episode probably today or tomorrow. And then again, hopefully by next week, we're going to get this call-in feature where you can call in and ask her or me direct questions 
and we can answer them. Either way, we're going to be able to take some kind of questions and answer them. Yes, yes. On the air. So As I know the people want to know. <laughs> right. So that's that should be a pretty good feature that I'll be adding. So we're going to get that straight. And like I said, we're only going to get better. So you folks have a good evening. And Keish, I'll talk to you in a few. And you enjoy, hey, you enjoy the rest of your night and you be safe, okay? Yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. All good right. night. All right, good night.